Welcome to Coach's Corner. My name is Mike Matosian here on the Vanguard Podcast Network, and today I'm joined by um, our wrestling coach here at Vanguard University, Coach Caleb Flores. Caleb, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Anytime. Yeah, man. It's going to be great to talk to you. So um, let's start off with some background. So um, uh, it says that your dad introduced you to the sport of wrestling at the age of eight when he was the head wrestling coach at Rancho Cucamonga High School. How did kind of he himself get into the sport of wrestling as a whole? Well, we're, we're not big people, so, uh, you know, uh, he was, he was, you think I was small. He was really small in high school. He wrestled 98 pounds, and uh, very tough guy. I mean, he, he grew up boxing, actually. He boxed. He, he, he's the well-rounded athlete of, of our family, and um, so in high school, he got into involved in wrestling, had some success. His, uh, I believe his sophomore, junior year, he qualified for the state tournament and, and did really well there, and then, um, you know, God opened doors for him to play baseball and ended up playing in the minor leagues for the Brewers organization. His journey is crazy, but uh, yeah, so we moved to Ranch Cucamonga um, and sure enough, he met somebody he worked with was the coach at Rancho. And he's like, yeah, I'll help out. And you know, here I was, I wasn't having much success in baseball or basketball or all the traditional sports. And he's like, Hey, roll around with the one Oh three pounders. And so here I was eight years old mimicking the moves and he took me to a tournament and had some success and the rest was kind of history I was hooked you know so it was, it was really cool that's how I got going awesome so you did jump into kind of base uh, baseball basketball was there any other sports that you kind of experimented with growing up <laughs> no that that was it that was it uh you know those are the sports that my dad knew so uh it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny uh my brother played uh NAI baseball and my sister played division three basketball and then I was the wrestler so all the sports he was aware of um we all were able to participate in it and, and get our uh get a scholarship to at the college awesome. level. yeah awesome. So when did you kind of know that wrestling like came into your own, like it was no longer your dad's thing or something that he did, but it kind of really jumped into like, Hey, this is my thing. This is something I'm good at. Yeah. Something I want to pursue. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell a funny story and then I'll, I'll kind of uh, get a little bit more serious. Um, it was my 11, I was 11 years old. Uh, mine and my brother, you know, he's Mr. All World in our in our little league system. So I'm supposed to be good. Right. Uh, and, uh, so I'm in the majors and, you know, I think I got maybe one hit. It was a double off the fence. <laughs> it was a double off the fence. I, I might've closed my eyes when I hit it, but I, so after the year, you know, uh, my dad's like, Hey son, you're not to kill your dreams or anything, but you're having a lot more success on the mat than on the field. So I think we should focus. And, uh, and he was right. You know, the writing was on the wall as far as, you know, my hand-eye coordination ability. And so anyways, um, yeah, that year I ended up winning the youth state tournament and did well at the Western Regionals and Nationals and all those things, you know. But right when I turned my sophomore, summer of my freshman and sophomore year, um, I, I, I was very, very fortunate enough to uh, place at the state tournament as a freshman. And, you know, that was at that time. It's happening more often now because kids are getting better, younger. But I was the only, I think like the 11th or 12th guy to ever do that. And, you know, I just opened my eyes of like, hey, if I take this serious and I, and I fully commit myself to this, this, my craft, 
you know, um, you know, good things could happen for me, not only for me, but my family and, and, and the school that I was at, which was Northview High School at the time. And that's when I really took ownership of my career from there. Awesome. So we're going to dive into that. And I hope to completely embarrass you with this. But so Caleb Flores is a graduate of Northview High School, where he posted a career record of 226 and 17. You became the 14th wrestler in the state of California to place four times at the state meet. You're a five-time freestyle state champion in California. You placed third at the 2005 Junior National. You're a five-counties champion in 2006. You're a three-time division champion, three-time Masters champion, and three-time junior dual team member. And you got some press written about you because you were ranked 10 in the nation at 119 pounds by the Amateur Wrestling News, number 11 by Intermap, and number 13 by WIN Magazine. So... Yeah, you 20, <laughs> 226 and 17. That's kind of ridiculous. Do you kind of have a favorite memory of your time going through that, like, just incredible run? <laughs> Look, the great part about, like, you know, I always say I got lucky a lot. I, I was very fortunate to uh, go. 226 to times? Yeah, I, I was fortunate <laughs> to go to the program I went to. I was very, very fortunate to know. Um, you know, I had, I had great coaches, um, and I want to. My dad, I, I got to give him a lot of credit. He, uh, when it was time to step away, he stepped away, you know, and uh, I went to a program with some great coaches and I'll give them a shout out, uh, David Ochoa, Bobby Bellamy and Dana Craig at the time. Um, you know, he was like, hey, they know more than me at this point, you know, pass off. I want to be a dad. I mean, and he, he, and he was a dad. I, I mean, he raised me and taught me everything I needed to know up until that point. And then when I kind of started exceeding his, his knowledge a little bit and his experiences, you know, they, they filled that role, you know, and he stepped away and I was lucky to have them as coaches. And, and the nice part about it is I was with a group of guys that were, you know, on the same level, you know? And uh, so it was nice not only to win and, you know, my freshman year, I went to state by myself, which, and that was a very lonely feeling. That was like individually wise, I guess that's like a great, you know, thing. And it, and it was right. But mm-hmm my sophomore year there was six of us that went and that's the year I really remember the most you know and my freshman year I ended up upsetting the number one guy and all all that stuff's great but when you don't have nobody to share it with <laughs> it's like okay like yeah that was cool I guess but you know when you have a group of guys that you know we had two state placers my sophomore year and three my senior year and, and those memories are what I really really cherish the most is that you know, my first year I kind of opened the door and then the next year everyone came with me. And that, that was the exciting part about it, you know? So I guess my whole memory was that I had a lot of people to share those moments with, you know? That's awesome. So you get recruited by Northern Iowa and you stated somewhere else that you feel like they tricked you. They took you out there when it was 60 degrees and you said, you didn't know about all the snow and the ice and the wind chill down there. Was yeah. there like other schools on the table? Like what kind of sold you on their program and how come what he, what happened? He lied to me. He <laughs> said there was a bubble over the city and it doesn't snow. It snows everyone else everywhere else, but not over there. No, I'm just well that was a true story, but uh, but he was just messing. But uh, yeah, I, I had an opportunity to go to Northern Illinois, uh, University of Pittsburgh, uh, Cal State Fullerton at the time. They had their program and UC Davis. Those are the main schools that I was I was looking at and uh, but uh, coach, uh, uh, coach parent, he was a great recruiter. Um, he, he's the first one to come to my house, um, you know, and pretty much do the house visits and, and watch me practice and, you know, make, make, make that first impression, 
you know, and uh, so I was loyal to him, you know, when he, when he came in and he did the smart thing and taught me a little bit about recruiting, you got to make the moms happy, you know, you got to get the moms on your side, right, and so he, you know, he, he, he said all the right things, and not only that, he backed it up, um, you know, uh, going, going to my high school career, um, just a little backtrack a little bit, and, and uh, just, he, you know, I wasn't able to win that state title, that prestigious state title that I was after. And, you know, he told my dad, and I remember crying and going, wrestling is a very emotional sport. It's very individualized and it's, you put all your hopes and dreams into it. And I remember uh, losing that match and, and crying in the back and telling my dad, like, no one's going to want me, you know, cause I'm competing for scholarships, you know, um, against thousands of guys at, at my weight class. Um, and there's not a lot of full ride scholarships in wrestling. And actually there's probably none. You got to be elite of the elite to get that. And, um, you know, I remember calling and saying, no one's going to want me. And, uh, you know, and my dad knew coach Paramount told my dad, like, Hey, don't no matter what happens, we want your son and whatever it's going to take, whatever the price is going to be, we're going to, you know, we're going to take care of them. And, um, you know, he honored that he honored, he honored his word. And, um, and that was awesome. You know, that, that God opened up that door and he was a man of his word, even though, you know, I didn't achieve my, my, uh, goal at that moment, but the ultimate goal was to get it, to get a scholarship, to be able to wrestle at the four year uh, level. So, and he did. So that was awesome. What is that kind of experience like the first time someone comes knocking on your door and say, Hey, we want you like you high school kid. We want you come out here. <laughs> It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, this, you gotta be careful what you ask for. You know, uh, a lot of people calling you and letters and all that. It, it's great, but it, you know, uh, comes with pressure, definitely comes with some pressure and responsibility. And, you know, it, it was all good. I thought I made up my decision. And then the, at like 11 o'clock at night, the day before signing day, uh, the university of Pittsburgh's coach shows up at my door <laughs> so that as an unexpected surprise. Um, you know, and yeah, I remember my, my mom like, who the heck's at the door? It's 11 o'clock. And sure enough, it was them. And so, I mean, it was looking back on it. I was extremely blessed to have those experiences. I know not many people get to have those experiences and I was extremely fortunate. Uh, but then again, it goes to a lot of the sacrifices that, you know, not only myself, but my family, my coaches, I mean, it takes a village, you know, to, to make things happen and to raise up a, a person. Right. So, uh, you know, all I kept thinking was like, I remember my dad not sleeping for almost 48 hours because he used to work the graveyard shift and wrestling starts at nine o'clock. So he worked the grave shift, graveyard shift, watched me wrestle and then go right back to work and do it again on Saturday. I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of sacrifices that, that went into this. And then my mom's just dealing with me, you know, a hungry Caleb is not a happy Caleb. And so, <laughs> so uh, you know, dealing with those, those mood swings when you're losing weight and, you know, those going through those final couple pounds that you have to do and, and to lose and you know it took a whole lot of sacrifices you know on everyone's part so it was awesome awesome so you go to northern iowa and you redshirt and you capture the 125 pound title at the national junior varsity tournament in dubuque iowa dubuque dubuque, dubuque iowa and you play sixth in the nation at the junior field tournament in las vegas and then the next year you're in a wild card into the 2008 ncaa wrestling championships after placing third at the West Regional. So kind of how did it feel to really start coming into your own? I mean, you have so much success at the high school level, but I mean, I'm sure at the college level, like, hey, you're a big dog. 
there, but hey, it's time to come show out with the big boys. So kind of yeah. how does it feel like you're really kind of starting to build into to, uh, coming to your own and kind of the college level? Yeah, I mean, real. It was, a, it was a learning curve for sure. I mean, mentally, you know, you're, you're the little guy in the room. So takedowns and points are hard to come by. I mean, you can do everything right, but you're wrestling a 23-year-old man who's, who's about 10, 15 pounds heavier than you. You know, it's a little different. It's a little different. Uh, you take your lumps, you know. And I think um, the, the thing that I try to translate to my athletes, what I learned, and it took me about three years to learn, was that everyone's good. You know, and your past accomplishments are your past accomplishments. It's who who can control this, who can control this, that, you know, no matter how good or how bad your training was the week of, I just got to be better than you for seven minutes. I don't have to be better than you for a year or whatever. Just that seven minutes, that seven to ten minutes, I got to be better than you. And and it just, it just took me that almost take a little bit of pressure off myself of trying to be perfect uh, and just accept that. There are no perfect takedowns anymore at this level. There are no beautiful wins. It's a, I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss. And, um, and it's just, it's just really training up your mind that, that you got to be focused, be focused and, and be present at that moment. You know, don't, don't try to compare yourself to the person left or right. Their journey's different. You're, you're you just got to focus on your journey and that next step ahead. And, and that's what we, you know, I learned. <laughs> I took a lot of lumps and, and I almost took it for granted. Uh, like, you know, I made it to nationals and, you know, I, I wasn't able to make it back after my freshman year. Uh, I, I would like to think my best years was my junior and senior year, um, but just wasn't able to get it done. And I, cause I thought that I was going to go back. I made it once. I'm guaranteed I'm going to make it back. And, you know, it didn't happen. And you got to take, you know, I'm sure people with this whole COVID situation, the athletes now, you, you every practice you have, every competition you have, you got to take advantage of it. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you got to be present. You you, you got to take advantage of it and make it count. You know, every day is an opportunity. It's either an opportunity to get better or get worse. And, you know, you got to take advantage of those opportunities to get better. Absolutely. So kind of continuing on, 2008, 2009, you were wrestling against Ohio State and you tore all the tendons that connect your hamstring to the pelvis bone in your right <laughs> leg. And they say, hey, season's over it's it's over for you and then there was kind of like um a difficult situation there because they didn't know if it needed surgery they didn't and then they took the mri and they see the tear there and they're like you could maybe never wrestle again because you did not get this surgery done like when it needed to get done and so kind of what was the journey like because that is tough news to hear for like a young caleb flores who's you know coming to his own he has a ton of success at high school and now maybe some of the messages that they're telling you is like, Hey, you may not do this ever again. Yeah. Those, I mean, it was, it was tough. It was extremely tough. Um, um, I was devastated at first, you know, like never really had a big, big injury before, you know? And, and uh, I just remember after I was, I was um, icing it and, and doing all the stuff that they were telling me and I'm going to the rehab and it just didn't feel right. You know, um, and I was actually almost, and this is why you don't go to Iowa. Okay, you stay in the West Coast where there is no snow. Like, I'm working my way back to, like, almost start walking without my crutches and, you know, making some steps, you know, getting better. I'm on my crutches, and I slip on ice. 
So oh, it must have been a funny sight. It must have been a funny sight for somebody like Joe Schmell out to the side. But there goes crutches flying, legs flying, and, and you know, and I and I kind of restrained it, and that set me back again. And then um, that just happened, you know, uh, to to push push back my recovery, and I had to go see the doctor again. And then that's when they were like, "Hey, you need to get this done, or your muscle is only going to ever be at like seventy percent, you know, and just because of the blood flow and all the things that go in place." And so, you know, that was scary. I was like, okay. So, so we get in surgery and, and get it done. And luckily I was young and I recovered within like five to six months and being able to get going. But it, like I said, just, you, got, you can't take things for granted. You know, it can, things can be taken away from you. And, uh, and that's what I learned. You know, it was tough. I was able to come back home, do some re- rehab and, 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 uh, Al Segundo and, you know, had some of the best doctors, best rehab people, uh, blessed through our, our healthcare professionals and all that on that front and they, they took care of me and luckily I was able to get back from my junior and senior year so yeah but it was scary times for sure yeah <laughs> I think sometimes often you hear like athletes when they go through like kind of like career alternate injuries like that sometimes they just get in like a super dark place and they're like oh man like I can't dig myself out of this hole mentally I mean it seems like I mean you I know you and you have a great approach at life and all that stuff do you kind of ever find yourself in like a tough spot like that where you're like hey man like what what's going on here yeah, yeah, I give myself 24 hours. <laughs> I give myself the 24 hours and, you know, my wife can attest and, and uh, that and we were dating at the time and then, you know, I was, I was in a dark place. Like, I can't believe this happened, you know, having a pity party for myself. Um, but 24 hours, you know, you have 24 hours to feel sorry for yourself. And then the next day you got to dust yourself off, you, you know, in that pity party, I, you know, you got to evaluate, you know, what's going on and then come up with a plan to address it you know if you know if you don't have a plan uh, i like to steal it from my coach you know goals without a plan is just a dream you know if you want to accomplish the goal if you want to recover from this injury you got to have a plan and then you got to execute the plan you know that doesn't matter what area of life athletics academics professionally what's your goal develop a plan and execute it and uh and that's what we did so i i trust me i was in a deep deep dark place and um you know my my wife at the time, or my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife, she's, you know, stood by me and gave me some encouraging words. And sometimes she, you got to get that tough love. Uh, and yeah, she's tough. She's a beast. So she was like, are you done feeling sorry for yourself? Like, I don't want to date somebody that's going to feel sorry for themselves the whole time. Like, I'm not like, all right, all right. That, that's a wake up call and it's time to get going. So that's how it happened. Awesome. So let me see then. You graduate from Northern Iowa and you kind of jump right into the coaching world as the assistant coach at Mount St. Antonio College in Walnut, California, as well as being the assistant coach at Northview High School in Covina, which was your alma mater. Um, In your tenure, you guided a pair of dual junior college state championships teams. You've coached your teams to a top five finish for six consecutive seasons. You instructed 11 state 11 individual state champions and 28 All-Americans. And in 2013, you were recognized as the CCCAA Southern Region Assistant Coach of the Year. So kind of give me what was like the biggest adjustment to going from competing on the mat to coaching. I feel like that's got to be just a giant transition. Or not you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's that's the, you know, especially uh, at the junior college levels, you're getting guys in, you know, that maybe don't come from the most successful program and they, they were the most successful wrestler. And, you know, it's trying to, 
and you, you can see this now even you know at the level that we were at and even at the higher levels is that you got to get them to understand that the move that works 70% of the time at a level, lower level is not going to work at, at this time, you know, and, and it's, and it's changing that attitude to that good is not good enough when you, when you could be great, you know, that, and it's really in placing a standard and it was, it was tough. I remember my first year, uh, we came out like a ball of fire. We won the first tournament and it was a dual tournament. So we had like five duels on the day and we were five and out. Well, guess what? We didn't win another duel the rest of the year. We were like, oh, in a, oh, in a century, right? And I'm like, oh, boy, I think I'm doing the right things. And, you know, the, the head coach, David Rivera, well, I got to give a lot of credit. He kind of just, like, gave me the keys to the car. And it's like, you know, let's learn together. Because it was his first year as a head coach, my first year as an assistant. And, uh, you know, he trusted me. And then come regional time, uh, the qualifier for the state tournament, we, we took, I think, second at the regional. So we went from the worst team in the conference to the second team in the conference. And then at the state tournament, our guys did really, really well and took third at the state. And that was the first time Mount Sac or yeah, Mount San Antonio college uh, came home with a trophy in like 30 years. So, um, you know, it just taught me to believe, continue to believe in what you believe in. You know, if you're going to preach a message, you got to preach it and you got to be consistent in your, your message. You know, you can't just jump shit because you got a negative result. You know, you, you got to, you got to believe, you know, and, and even when they don't and the guys don't, you got to hammer it in even more, you know, that, that it is going to work. It is going to work. And it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but if we get, if we stay consistent in our effort and consistent in our message, you know, good things will happen eventually. So yeah, that was a, quite the learning experience. Yeah. Quite the learning. I was like, man, I'm the best coach ever. This thing is easy. Under defeated the first day. I was like, yeah. And then after that, <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely uh quite the experience my first my first year at the community college level and then uh you know i can't take much credit for the high school stuff i mean uh, i was a workout part of ramp practices but it was a culture already set you know northview high school has been an established program since 2000s late 90s early 2000s and you know right you have guys that know what it takes to be good you know and uh and so it's just trying to keep that momentum going. And so at, Mount, or at Northview High School, I learned that sometimes you need, you just need to back away. You know, don't get in the way. You know, they're in the zone. Just, you know, so I was definitely trying to find that balance. At the college level, I had to be more, hey, this is how you be elite. This is, this is what it takes to be great. And then at the, at the high school level, I mean, they have, they have a lot of parents and involvement and other, you know, the club coaches and all that. Sometimes it's like, hey, give you one or two words of advice. Let you get in your zone. I don't want to distract you. So it's definitely finding those balances between the two. So it's a good experience on both ends. So I feel like sometimes when coaches first start off, they, they just pull from other coaches that they've had in the past. So kind of like where did you pull from or how did you kind of pull your coaching style together like when you first started? Are you pulling from your dad? Are you pulling from high school, college coaches, kind of where are you pulling together your identity as a coach? I'm stealing from everyone. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone, man, I don't care if you're a good coach or a bad coach. I can learn something. I can learn what not to do. I can learn what to do. Uh, but my, my main influences are, are uh, my high school coaches, uh, you know, you know, you, as a, as a coach of being a peer and watching them do the things that they do, you know, you really gain another appreciation for, for the sacrifices they make, you know, um, but my, my college coach, uh, Doug Schwab, um, he, an Olympian, he came in my senior year and, and, you know, I only had one year with him, 
But this, the moment I got this job, he was the first one to uh, send me a text message, congratulations. And he calls me, checking up on me. And so having those type of mentors and those type of people um, that take time out of their day just to check up on you. And, and not only that, when I don't know what to do, or I'm like, am I doing this right? You know, having that 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 ear to, you know, that ear and that voice to to help you through those tough situations. And you got to make those tough calls as a coach. Um, you know, it's definitely, definitely rewarding to have those guys around. So that's, I definitely pulled from my high school and my college coach. For sure. Have you felt like a, a shift over the years of coaching? Like, like this is like kind of at first where you like, this is all them. And now it's 10% me now, 20% me, 30% me. Like how have you kind of felt the shift go over your coaching career? Um, I, I felt it go the other way. Like uh, when I first started, I thought it was all me. I, you know, I, I thought if I run a good practice, if I motivate them enough, we're, we're going to get the results. And, and part of that's true. You know, their coach has a huge role in, in their development, not only on the, on the mat, but also in life. We have a very, very big responsibility, right? And that's something we don't take lightly. But at the same time, those kids got to receive it and those kids got to buy in, you know? And I say kids, I should be saying men, those men got to buy in, you know? And that's when, you know, each one of us has a decision to make. Either you buy in or you don't. And if they don't, then as a coach, you can only do so much. Your hands are kind of tied, you know. And the hard part is, and I'm, I'm a, they say I'm a bleeding heart. I don't give up on people. So I think my will's pretty strong, or I'm just stubborn, either one. But I think I'm going to save them, and, you know. And, you know, I, I, I believe, I'm a big believer in second chances, people giving me thousands of chances. And so I'm there to, to really reach out to my guys and get them to buy in because like I said, what I believe in, I think we're going to be successful. You know, what, what we're preaching, you will be successful, you know, maybe not on the map, but in life you will be successful, you know? And so um, I just really trying to impose my will sometimes, but it's definitely, I would say, I would say 40% coaching and then 60% of the athlete buying into what we're doing. Awesome. So kind of let me know when, like, when did Vanguard first come on your radar and when you're like, hey, like, considering this move over here, like, when did, when did uh, Vanguard first come on the radar for you? Uh, I have an interesting story for Vanguard. So uh, we'll take a minute, I guess, uh, <laughs> to tell it. Uh, I, I heard of Vanguard in 2005. Uh, and uh, Dr. Jesse Madonda was one of my dad's big, uh, big friends, big supporters. Uh, my dad's a minister, uh, an evangelist, travels all over the world uh, speaking. And uh, and my dad's known Dr. Jesse, who who uh, actually has, I want to say, a scholarship or a building at the university named after him. Um, but anyway, so my my senior year is going great. I'm rolling. I'm ranked like top whatever in the country as you highlighted and it, I was doing great but my phone wasn't ringing so I'm like what is going on here I thought if I did xyz I had good grades you know and things things weren't happening and so my dad being the scholar that he is he says all right let's skip school let's go meet somebody right I'm like all right well we're gonna skip school so I'm like hey a day off all right I'm in so um so we, we come actually come down to Vanguard. We meet uh, Dr. Chessie uh, for, for uh, lunch. And we're just talking, talking, talking. And then we go into his office and, and he's like, okay. Uh, Dr. Chessie was just like, 
what do, what do you want me to pray for you for uh, about and you know i i opened up like i'm doing everything that i that's in my power i'm doing everything right you know but i feel like you know the opportunities are not there for me and just kind of frustrated you know thought my recruiting was going to go a certain way and he prayed and and i kid you not that day letters phone calls like you name it that's why i say be careful what you ask god for because he just might answer it right so i mean boom everything was going off as far as my recruiting and then uh so then i got a call um you know i took my master's uh, got my master's at concordia university and and one of the fast forward to two years ago now two years ago yeah well two years ago um you know like I heard that uh, Vanguard might be starting a program and see if I was interested. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, throw my name in the hat. You know, let's, let's see what's going on. I think, you know, I've been coaching for a while and, and I think that's the next progression in my career professionally, you know. And, um, you know, so sure enough, I get an interview. Uh, I'm driving down the 55. I'm like, this looks familiar. And then I, I get to school and, and um, I'm sitting in the lobby waiting uh, for uh, Jeff the style to, to meet me uh, for my interview. And then like, it just came to me like, you've been here before. And it's like, boom, I like time traveled to 2005 as a 17 year old, like, and it just, it all made sense how God opened up that door and opened up Vanguard to me. So then I had the interview with uh, Jeff Estelle and Kristen and then I, I think Teague, and it was a two-hour interview. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but it was it was a while, and I was sweating, you know. And, but it, it went really, really well. And, and um, then then uh, I got my second interview and had lunch with uh, I think Teague and Kristen at uh, Gina's. And then two days later, I get a call from um, uh, Basel and you know saying you're the guy. And I was so excited. I was like, I'm in. Let's go. Uh, you need to talk about Peyton. I don't care. I'm in. Let's go. And then uh, JB just told me, hey, you better check in with your wife. Wise words, by the way. Wise words. You know, check in with your wife. And sure enough, the next day, you know, wife was on board. And, and uh, here we are. Awesome, man. So for those people that don't know, Vanguard University used to be Southern California College. And they had a wrestling team from 1973 to 1975. I hope I'm getting that date right. That was like an absolutely incredible program. So when their inaugural season, they went 15-1 and one and then capped it off with the perfect 20-0 season in 1975. And along the way, they had a 35-match winning streak and won three consecutive NAI District 3 championships. So I don't know how much history you had when you first got here of like kind of knowing what was up and knowing like kind of like the, the uh, alumni, but like was there at all pr- like kind of pressure when you're like, okay, now I know what's going on and this is what I'm trying to revive. Was there any pressure like during the recruiting process on yourself? You're like, this is what we had and this is what I'm trying to build. Like, let's just make these things equal. Yes, there's pressure. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, No, I I really think it's just a little bit more uh, a self-induced pressure because I want to perform well, you know. Um, You know, I want to represent um, you know, wrestling in California has, has struggled at the Division One levels, and so to have a program in in Orange County, you know, in a community that's awesome and, and wrestling history that's outrageous with good filled with good wrestlers, uh, you know, you want to represent our area well, and, and so that I took on that pressure, and 
you know, uh, Paul LeBlanco was the last, well, yeah, last All-American in the 70s. He, he was like, hey, just so you're aware, you, we had, and he listed the stats, and he was like, hey, you better step up, you know? And, you know, it's all fun, and, but at the same time, it's, you also got to be realistic. The dynamics have changed. You know, the sport has grown. There's a lot of universities out there, and you're, you're competing not only in your state now, you're competing nationally for some of the top kids in California and across the country. So, um, you know, to me, it was just like, all right, let's, let's reach out to my, my connections. And, you know, as soon as we got the first couple of kids signed, I think actually our first, my first signing was uh, Armand Fayazi, who ended up being an, an All-American last year for us. So, I mean, there was definitely some pressure to, to, to keep the streak alive. Uh, but, you know, now we're looking to build our own streak, you know, so now. So it, it was definitely good, though. It's definitely good. So kind of you're sitting down in your office, you know, you got nothing in there. You're like, how, how am I selling on someone coming here when I don't even have my jerseys in yet or I don't <laughs> even have gear in yet? I have nothing here yet. Yep. What was kind of the process going through your mind? Like, how do I sell someone on coming here when they're, we don't have anything yet? Uh, my thing is, uh, A, you got to, of course, you know, new program, you got to sell the vision. That's all you got is your vision, right? But realistically, Vanguard's a great university. You know, so my thing is, you got to sell the university, uh, and these kids got to want to be here. Uh, you know, you get a great Christian education, a four-year de- degree in four years. I mean, that that's just how it's self. Oh yeah, you're you're three miles away from the beach. You know, <laughs> so it, it sells itself. Um, but you know, as as far as the wrestling aspect of things, you got to talk about the culture. You know, of the, what you what you expect from your athletes. You know. Uh, I like to think I'm a hard worker and I believe in hard work. So you are going to work hard if you're going to put on that Vanguard singlet. That is a requirement, you know, and not only that is, you know, if you look at the pit, there's a lot of banners up there, right? And that means we're supported. You know, those banners are not just the coaches and the athletes. There's, there's a lot of administration that, you know, does a lot of blood, sweat and tears uh, also in it, you know, and the university, they buy in too. So uh, those that's the recipe for success. You know, now we just got to get the right kids that want to work hard and, and are committed and the success will happen because the structure is definitely, definitely there. So first time, uh, Armand puts pen to paper, what's going through your mind? You're like you sell that vision and now all of a sudden someone's like, coach, I'm in, let's go, let's get going. What's kind of the first emotions or feelings going through there when a guy finally puts pen to paper? It, it was amazing. Amazing. That was like my first like time I ever got my hand raised. I was like, woo, you know, and a match. I was like, yes, you know, it, it was definitely an amazing feeling. But, you know, with Armand specifically, you know, you, I actually coached against Armand. He wrote to Santa Ana College and I coached at Mount Sac. So uh, not that there was a rivalry or anything, but definitely a rivalry. But, you know, when he heard I got the job and, uh, he, oh, you're gonna see my kids working it from home. It's all good. Oh, that's Elijah. What's up, Elijah? Elijah, say hi. And that's Evelyn. Hello. Uh-huh, guys, you gotta go. Daddy's <laughs> in the middle of the interview. Hold on. You get a hug. All right. All right. I love you too. Bye. Sorry. The cutest interruptions ever. It's all I'm good. Where are you from home? Where are you from home? Uh, but um, no, with Armand, you know, with the rivalry, he, he said, you don't have to sell me. He's all, uh, you know, just tell me what I got to do to make this happen. And that's 
you know, to me, that was eye opening, especially as a recruiting, you know, I was at community college and, you know, we didn't have to really deal with money. Actually, we didn't have to deal with money, you know, at the call, at the NAI level and, you know, higher up level, you, you got to start dealing with money. And what that showed me is you, you got to get kids that want to be here, you know, and, and that's important. Yeah. Yeah. You could sell them, whatever, but you know, those kids got to, we got to want to be here. And so he, you know, he bought into our system and the results speak for themselves. You know, year one, having a, a guy make it to nationals is already an amazing feat. We, we wrestled in the Cascade Conference, which, which is, in my opinion, and I might be biased, uh, but the toughest, the toughest uh, conference. You know, it's, we get the most qualifiers. We get the most All-Americans, you know, national champions. So, I mean, you qualify for nationals through our conferences, a good chance you're going to place. So knowing that and uh, seeing them qualify, I was like, okay, we have a chance, you know, and so it was it was good to get him signed, get him on on the dotted line, and and I I believe that's why we got you know this next recruiting class is as good as it is because you know we got guys like Armand that that are buying in and, and are working hard. Awesome. So the first time you throw on the suit, you guys go to the Menlo Open for your first ever event. How nervous are you? Were to kind of the emotions going through when you first first all of a sudden your guys that you picked out like the test of me right here you're about to step out there for the first time first year program what's kind of the thoughts and feelings going through that it was too similar to to my to mount sack when i was my first year we came out ball of fire i mean you know we had three 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 placers a couple of guys on the verge of placing i mean it was i was like it was easy we're gonna be really really good you know like and um but, you know, it, it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see. And it was kind of cool to see, you know, that blue singlet, the lions and all, all that stuff. And, you know, it, they just fit that gym. It fit, you know, there, there was no like, do we belong or uh, are we good enough? Are we the JV team of the – no, the, the that group went into that gym and, you know, they took ownership of that gym. And, and they did a good job of letting – the state of California and the nation know that, you know, that Vanguard is, is a serious contender and will be a serious contender here in the near future. So. Awesome. So then you go in your first home game and the gym is packed. I mean, there it's, yeah, it is so packed. I mean, we've got the alumni there, the kids are all there. Like it is just a crazy environment. So the first time you come and you see what it's like in the pit, what are kind of your thoughts there? I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I, I remember eating at the, the old school calf, RIP, I miss you calf. Um, I remember trying to eat a sandwich and I couldn't, I couldn't hold it down. I was just so amped and nervous and filled with expectations. And, you know, you, you know, you know, you, uh, you've done a decent job of promoting and calling people because my whole thing is I wanted to pack out the gym. I wanted, you know, that was my, that was, that was a, that was a win for me is to let, you know, to get, to let the administration know that, you know, wrestling can't thrive here, you know, the a new program and to have the fan base that we already have is, is to me awesome, you know? And uh, so seeing that was great, but I wish we would have started with that duel. Uh, because we were kind of beat up from Menlo. <laughs> we lost a couple of guys. So, um, you know, but it, it was all learning things, but we, we represented ourselves well. We took on San Francisco State established program. I think they're ranked top 15 in division two. And, you know, we won three or four matches on that duel and, 
and every match was highly contested. You know, it was back and forth. And my favorite part was when Armand slamming, uh, redropping, slamming them. The fans, the student section doesn't know what's going on, but they're just going crazy because they're seeing somebody get slammed. You know, it was just, it was just an awesome environment. I mean, I, I don't know if they were expecting uh, like the Undertaker to come out or anything like that, but it was, it was good. It was good, and, and you know. We're looking to continue to build that here once everything hopefully goes back to normal soon. Oh, for sure. I mean, that just not understanding anything for me and then probably being as much as if more nervous than you because you threw me off and told me all about the injuries in the first tournament. So I'm here sitting here sweating, <laughs> just waiting for someone to hurt themselves super badly. But, I mean, just for me, the moment where Armand wins and the guy ref is raising up his arm and he literally looks at the other team and he points that this is our house and the fans are just going insane. It's like, whoo, like, man, if you aren't getting chills during this, man, I don't know what. what yeah, what something's wrong with you, right? Yeah, something's it was wrong. it was incredible. So yeah. then you guys go to Life Pacific. You're at Life Pacific and you guys get your first victory, your first career dub for you. What was it kind of like to get like, not the monkey because it wasn't like a long thing, but it's like, hey, first year, first win. What was that kind of like for you at Life Pacific? We could say it was a monkey. It felt forever for me. So I'm going to say, it. yeah, it was great to get that monkey off our back, you know. And realistically, it was, I mean, it was, of course, as a coach, it's great, you know, that you get your first win, but I was more rewarding to, you know, to, for those, for those guys, you know, I, they're the ones that are laying down the foundation for the, for the next future, right. For the hopefully 20, 40 years down the line of this program and uh, to see them and you're telling that them that they're doing the right things that the rewards coming and then for it to finally happen. I mean, they were close many times. I mean, we, we uh, think in, in Vegas, we had the, we lost our criteria or, uh, to Concordia or might have been a criteria decision over there, you know, and you're just having those close moments and then it, boom, it finally happens. It's like, I told you, I told you. And you can see the smile, the relief, because they want to win. I mean, everyone wants to win, you know, and to be so close. And uh, and then it finally happened. It was, it was great to see that. And it was very rewarding for those guys. So. So the first year program, you guys go to the California Collegiate Open. You come in eighth place out of the field of 39 teams and 114 wrestlers and four Lions place there. And then Armand, how, kind of how we discussed before, he continues on and just finishes eighth, eighth nationally in the 174-pound weight class. So, uh, so year one, I mean, crazy success. Like to have a guy finish eighth nationally is pretty awesome for, you know, a guy going in their first year program. So kind of give me your thoughts and feelings you get for year one out of the way. And you're like, whew, you kind of sit back and reflect. What are, what are the kind of the initial thoughts that come to you? You know, just reflecting this, uh, it was very rewarding. I mean, you always want more. I mean, we, we kind of left out the conference tournament. I mean, but we had a lot of guys that overperformed in our conference. Uh, you know, we had guys like Gabriel Cortez who beat the number one uh, guy in the conference, um, you know, and he lost a couple of heartbreaking matches and just missed qualifying by a, a one placing, you know, and then you have guys like Juan Lopez who, who struggled all year. And then, you know, he's, he loses uh, on a last second uh, escape or reversal uh, to making it to the second day. And then Nathan Yanez, I, I got to highlight some of my guys, Nathan Yanez uh, beating, beating, uh, beating this guy to place at conference. Um, and put himself in the contention to go to nationals, beating that guy, 
with 20 seconds left, makes one, you know, we'll, we'll call it what it is, a mental error, mental lapse, and uh, gets taken down and loses by a point. That guy goes on, takes fourth in the country, you know. Um, so, you know, those guys, you know, you, you, like I said, the reward wasn't there. They didn't get what they wanted. But that feel fire for the summer, you know, and, and showing them that they were this close you know, against these established schools and these established programs. And we're right there. I mean, we're literally an eyelash away. And the thing that I think helps Armand the most is he had, he had a lot more experience coming in. You know, he wrestled at a Division One program um, at University of Wyoming before coming here. And I think that helped him, you know, that he was really able to focus in on himself, you know, not, not get distracted with the ups and downs of a tournament, seeing your guys win, lose, and lose heartbreaking matches at times, you know. Um, he was able to really lock in. And so when you, you know, he goes to nationals and he beats the guy to place the placing nationals, he was so locked in. So it's a placing match. And, you know, as coaches, you don't want to overcoach. You don't want to like distract them. And uh, I'm like, guys, you don't say nothing. Just let him, don't even tell him what the match means and say, you know, you just keep going, keep winning. He goes to Vince guy who took second at conference, Armand took fourth. So, you know, on paper, that guy's supposed to beat us. And, you know, Armand pulls it out in typical Armand fashion. This is why I am now officially bald. Uh, it's because of Armand. Um, a lot of stressful matches with that guy. A lot of one-point matches with that guy. But, you know, he ends up winning that match. And he was so locked in. He even knows for the national uh, become an All-American. And, and so he's putting on his stuff, getting ready to lose his weight for the next day. And, uh, and then they make the announcement. The first All-American from Vanguard University since 1974. Armand Fayazi and he just starts screaming and it, I mean he didn't even know he didn't even know that's how locked in he, he was and, and that that was amazing an amazing experience man it was just seeing a guy accomplish his goal because he told me day one my goal is to become an All-American day one my goal is to become an All-American and, and to see him really really accomplish that and it, that's why you do this that's exactly why you're in this profession so to help other individuals achieve their goals you know and you know, now we're getting him to think national champion, national champion. So, but that's the next step, progression. So, awesome. So, as we enter year two in kind of this COVID craziness, you guys just com uh, completed a socially distanced match outside. You guys took home the W. So, kind of just give me like the general overview, kind of wrap things up. What are the goals and visions for the program as as you head into the future? And kind of the, the same thing for you, kind of the goals for, and visions for you as a coach and continuing to grow and steal from other coaches and kind of the goals and visions for the program as you guys head into year two, year three, year 10. Yeah. yeah my, well, my coaching staff makes fun of me. Uh, Cause like, what's the goal or what are we working on? What, what are we going to do? Get better. You know, and we're going to keep it simple and get better, you know, and what that looks like, it might look different on different days, but um, you know, this second recruiting class that we've got, we got a lot of, a lot of good guys, you know, uh, and a lot of guys with potential, you know, I'm, I'm extremely high on our guys. I, I mean, you were able to witness what some of them were able to do on Saturday. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to build character. You know, the wrestling is one aspect of things, but the thing is, is, I tell everyone, I want you to be successful for the next 40 years of your life, not just the next four or five. You know, you, we, the things that we're preaching, you know, sacrifice, commitment, dedication, all of those trigger words. And, you know, we, we use eat, enthusiasm, attitude, and toughness. You know, if you're enthusiastic, you, you choose to be positive with your attitude and you're tough, you're a tough person to deal with. 
success is right around the corner. You know, you, that's a tough person to tear down. And so um, that's what we believe and that's what we're preaching. And we're just kind of continue to build off that, off that, uh, the momentum that we have from last year. We ended on a high with Armand and now we, we're starting on a high when, you know, we have that first socially distanced uh, victory, you know, and on, on the soccer field, which was amazing. It was awesome. And, um, you know, we're just looking to continue to build off that, you know, having a program in Southern California, uh, where you could wrestle outside in December and it's 70 degrees and I got sunburn on my head. Uh, you know, that's only, only in California you can do that. Right. So it's, we're building something great here. We're building something great. We're just looking for guys that want to be here, have the right attitude and want to work hard. Awesome, man. Well, it's been great talking with you. Um, thank you for your time, man. Um, as always, if you're watching, this has been uh, coach's corner with Caleb Flores from wrestling. Um, like subscribe, wherever you guys are listening to that share, um, just for more conversations like this with more coaches as we uh, kind of continue to navigate through this uh, very interesting time right now, but <laughs> very, <laughs> but once again, man, thank you for uh, spending some time with me and uh, you know, hopefully we can get back out there soon on the soccer field and get to see more, uh, more incredible stuff out of your group of guys. Anytime. Go Lions.